Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. My name is Tyler Hayward. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Be sure to check out the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, comment on the Facebook page, share the Facebook page, uh, whatever you gotta do. Um, Share the podcast as well. I get paid a lot of money for this. I'd hate to think it's off or not. Um, Anyways... Look, last night's game against Davidson, a huge win for Michigan State. And you say, oh, it's not a huge win. It's just first round of the tournament. Look, with this group, with how inconsistent they've been, uh, yeah, it is a huge win. And we're going to obviously talk about that, briefly talk about Duke. I'm not going to lie and tell you that I'm an expert on all things Duke basketball. But I am excited for Michigan State to have the opportunity to prematurely end the career of one Mike Krzyzewski. Um, look, last night's game was about what I expected. Yes, it was a one-point game. No, it was not as close as it looked. Um, and it feels weird to say that about a one-point game. It feels stupid, actually. But, I mean, that that's what it was. The, the last three-pointer by Lee, um, obviously didn't make a difference in the outcome of the game. Other than the fact it ruined my three-leg parlay that I had, and I lost Colgate too, but it would have been nice to have that opportunity to cash out when Colgate took a six-point lead against Wisconsin uh, late in uh, the late game last night. <laughs> but I digress. Anyways, uh, yeah, the, and then uh, Davidson hit a couple other threes. Um, Foster Lawyer threw his elbow into Malik Hall. He got a three-point play late um, as he was driving to the basket off, I think it was a Hogarth gamble. But, yeah, that game was about what I expected. You know, Michigan State did minimize the back cut, open layup opportunities. There were a bunch of contested threes that were hit. And so I don't really have a big problem with how that's handled with how Michigan State played that game. Now, were there things I'd like to see cleaned up? Yeah. Look, Davidson is never going to go for an offensive rebound. That's on their scouting report. I think I may have said that on our preview show with uh, Iani. Um, They're never going to go for an offensive rebound. A couple times you had two or three Spartans fight over the ball, turn it over, give Davidson another opportunity. Um, you know, some questionable officiating. Uh, Pierre Brooks tipping that got called back uh, because the foul was on the ground, even though Foster Lawyer can't technically box him out. I, I just didn't get that. I didn't get the officiating. The nickel and dime stuff on Michigan State sometimes, but then when there's a clear description in the rule book that Matt Barnes look alike for Davidson, and look, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, uh, would have, like, two hands on Julius Marble's back. And, like, that right there should be called a foul, even though he's not shoving or anything like that. So I was confused by the call of it. And th- this kind of brings up, like, a side point that I want to talk about is Big Ten officiating. I mean, as much as everyone thinks Big Ten refs are just complete trash and even I agree with that because there's inconsistencies because they let stuff go sometimes. Like, that crew last night was awful. I was begging for Bobo the Clown, Boborowski to uh, 
<laughs> come out in the second half. Like, that's how bad it got. And my point of view, a couple really bad charges, especially the second one. The first one I kind of get because Malik Hall extended the elbow. But other than that, like, I mean, this, the second one was just completely stupid. Um, the, just a lot of iffy calls and inconsistencies with the reach-ins, I think was the big one. And you saw that a little bit. They were getting uh, Davidson for stuff in like a two-minute window that they got Michigan State for the entire game but weren't whistling Davidson for. And so that that inconsistency was worse than what I've seen in Big Ten games for the most part. Um, but I digress. You know, Michigan State won. So, I don't have to make it about the refs, and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, massive, massive games from Joey Hauser and A.J. Hogard. Uh, Hogard, obviously, he got pulled for uh, gambling on a foster lawyer dribble drive, and you don't have to do that. Like, that's one thing is foster lawyer, when he's driving, he always does a good job keeping the ball low to the ground, and he's got that experience ultimately when he's playing in the Big Ten and going against these more athletic A.J. Hogard type guys. Um, it was nice, it was, uh, nice to see Lawyer with a little bit of confidence, a little too much maybe, as uh, you look at that late three that he took and he missed badly and I feel like there were a couple four shots that Davidson had at the end that they didn't need to take. And they ended up missing. And so that was huge for Michigan State. And I... I mean, just be grateful some of those didn't get in. Uh, um, given the fact Davidson was getting that momentum with Brachkovich, uh You know, owning the paint. And so... That, that was, like, part of the resilience that I liked. But, look, A.J. Hogard, like I said, he had a great game. That was to be expected. And you could tell he was going to off the first uh, possession. He drove right past Hogard one, or excuse me, Hogard drove right past Lawyer one on one from the right wing to the left side of the basket, and was able to get the easy deuce. And look, that's you saw Davidson pull Lawyer out quite a bit, and he just didn't thrive like. He, he wasn't having the success that he had all year. And, I mean, that's part of the reason why he was such a... Such a uh, good... He, he, it was a good decision for him to go to, go to the Atlantic 10. Um, you know, he's a good, smart basketball player. I saw a comment last night that I completely agree with and that I said a while ago that, hey, I wish I could do this, and that's put, you know, lawyers, lawyers like basketball soul into a traditional point guard body, and I think if you do that, dude, you got a really, really good basketball player, um, you put his skills in there, um, obviously, you know, you change the quickness, the, ath- the athleticism and stuff like that. Yeah, you keep the brain, you keep the soul, you keep his, like, actual skills. Because I think the quickness and athleticism makes it look like he's a sloppy ball handler. Um, but, yeah, you know, he 
it was a good move for him, but he didn't tear up A.J. Hogard, and that was obviously to be expected. He didn't tear up Tyson Walker, and so I felt like Michigan State was going to be fine for the duration of this game because he didn't, because there were no worries about uh, what was going to end up happening uh, with Lawyer going off. Like I said, he did make a couple plays. He had a nice three. Um, he did a good job uh, initiating the contact on Malik Hall, like I said. But other than that, it was A.J. Hogarth's show. Uh, he carried Michigan State back. Joey Hauser, obviously a massive, massive game. Getting double teamed, just catching the ball on the wing. Like, I don't think he ever thought he'd see that. Um, but he, he was huge. He had, uh, he had, I think, 27 and 8. And, you know, just hit three after three. Was getting open. Davidson was worried about the size, the physicality of the centers on their rolls. And that's why you saw a lot of those double drag screens. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, th- that, that's why I think he was able to take advantage of it, is the fact that Davidson was worried about the bigs. They were worried about the matchup because Bingham didn't, he didn't do it often, but when he had opportunities to take it on Brojkovic, he did, and he did so successfully. And he put his back to the basket, and he, he hit a couple hook shots and hit one early in the game. He hit one late in the game. And th- that, I think, opened thing- things up. Uh, the fear of Bingham, the fear of Marble's offense, because Marble obviously uh, has had some good offensive outputs throughout the, end of the, throughout the back half of the season. That opened it up for Joey Hauser. And, you know, Hogarth and Walker were both able to find him. And, you know, he obviously capitalized. And I got a text from one of my buddies last night talking about Joey Hauser probably owed this one to you after how he's played all year. And here's the thing is I've not complained about him as much as I normally do. Or as much as I did last year, rather. I think that... uh, Look, he's still lacking in some areas, but his defense has gotten better. His rebounding has mostly gotten better. His effort on loose balls has mostly gotten better. And I think it's starting to show in his confidence. And I think that that's the uh, reason he was able to go off last night. He had a good defensive uh, performance. Um, And... I mean, that obviously had a massive offensive one as well. Uh, Looking ahead, Michigan State with the opportunity to end the career of Coach K. I don't think it's going to happen, but man, I sure would love if it did. Uh, Look, Duke, not a deep team. They go seven deep, but that seventh man only plays about four or five minutes a game. Uh, The... They run sixty, ultimately, and that said, they are like Davidson in regard that it's anybody on any given day. Um, you look at Davidson. Uh, Meninga was their second leading scorer last night. Was their leading scorer outside of that? Like I said, that spurt that Brojkovic had, um, the Atlantic Ten Player of the Year. Um, 
Meninga was their second leading scorer. And he's the fifth starter in turn of in uh, in regards to offensive production throughout the course of the season. And Duke's a lot like that. You know, they've got five guys that can go off and you know, just with what happens at Michigan State, naturally number six could go off against MSU and MSU can shut down two or three guys. Uh, that that said, Michigan State on their end, they need more. They need more of an offensive output. You can't just have it from Hogarth and Hauser. You can't do it. Uh, you need you need Malik Hall to have a big game. You need Marble to have a big game. You need Bingham or Walker to have a big game. You need it from at least at least three guys if you want to beat Duke. You need big games from at least three of the guys. And I don't know if Hogarth's style matches up necessarily against Duke. Um, I think guys like Christie and Brown can maybe get a couple open looks. But, man, this game, it's got me nervous, but this also isn't one of those unbeatables. This isn't 2019 Duke. And, look, I know Michigan State beat him. But you had R.J. Barrett. You had Zion Williamson. You know, you, you had... Uh, just this roster of NBA talent. And you don't have that. And so I think this is a beatable team. This is a team that couldn't beat their rival on their home court for Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor. This is a very, very beatable Duke team. I'm not saying Michigan State's not going to get run out of the gym. They very well could. But this, to me, feels like a Tyson Walker game. You know, Tyson Walker got his legs back under him after injuring his ankle against Purdue. He has, he's had a week off. Um, as of tomorrow morning. He's... He got his legs back under him. He hit some big shots down the stretch in last night's game against Davidson. This feels like a Tyson Walker game. And part of that is because I don't think A.J. Hogarth's style of play necessarily would benefit Michigan State. Works out in Michigan State's favor against a team like Duke. Because for all of the brains and the smarts that Davidson plays with, I thought that could be enough to make things interesting with A.J. Hogard. And I'm not calling Hogard dumb. I'm not doing that. But sometimes he goes too fast. He's end-to-end. He's probably the fastest player on the floor at any given moment. He's incredibly strong for a point guard. He's quick. He's got that speed. He's got that size. And he takes advantage of it. And he took advantage of it last night. But we've also seen moments throughout the course of the year where he's tried to take advantage of it and it completely backfired on Michigan State. I think the phrase I used is, I'm scared of Hogard going 100 miles per hour when he only needs to go 80. And I think if he tries to do that against a team like Duke, it could lead to one of those heavy turnover games for him. 
And that's that's kind of why I feel like this is a Tyson Walker game. And I don't think Malik Hall is going to have another bad game. I mean, he'll have another bad game this season. And it very well could be tomorrow. But I don't think he's going to have back-to-back games where he was just so bad. You got nothing from Malik Hall and Max Christie. And you survived in the tournament. And that's huge. And I think both of those guys have the ability to get 10 points each uh, tomorrow. And because of that, I'm picking Michigan State. I don't know what the spread looks like yet. Um, you know, I found out what time they tipped off right before my Bible study this morning. I've got Michigan State winning this game. I don't think that... Like I said, this is a beatable Duke team. And if Michigan State comes out and they play 40 minutes of basketball defensively with the intensity that they played at the end of the Davidson game that pulled them away before Davidson just started hitting contested three after contested three, Michigan State will, in fact, win this game. They're capable of doing it. And we've seen them bring that intensity against Purdue twice. They know what big games look like. This is a big game. If I'm not mistaken, Tom Izzo has a winning record against Coach K in March. Give me the Spartans. I'm taking Michigan State to the Sweet 16. And I'm taking a sweet, sweet ending to the career Mike Krzyzewski. He made that name so difficult for me to land that point home. I digress. Give me the Spartans tomorrow. Uh, I'll be back on Monday, probably with somebody, to recap the Duke game. Uh, we're going we're gonna to obviously preview, either preview a Sweet 16 round, or we're going to start tipping our hand towards spring football and I'll give you a full breakdown later next week should Michigan State lose tomorrow like I said I don't think they're going to I think I'm talking sweet 16 basketball but that does it for us on the trouble with the snap podcast I am Tyler Hayward